You're now listening to the 100% Elite Podcast. Welcome to 100% Elite. I am your host, Jeff Engler, and this is episode 40. Now, I am usually joined here by my co-host, Mr. Zach Preston, a.k.a. Freshly Squeezed Orange Zachity. But we had a little bit of uh, scheduling conflicts and, you know, he's busy tonight, I'm busy tomorrow, sort of stuff. So Zach will be back next week. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, But without further ado, we had another great week of AEW content. So let's dive right into that with a little bit of the news. Um, Now the news, um, everybody pretty much knows, you know, Will Hobbs is all elite Uh, getting a contract. Very excited for Will Hobbs. Uh, He does great things. I mean, that spine buster is amazing. And we'll get into a lot more Will Hobbs news in just a little bit. Um, Well, not really news. We'll get into his matches later. Um, Let's get into dark. Uh, It it was a very, very long dark. Uh, It had some good, good matches in there. Um, we had an amazing dynamite this week. I mean, a fantastic fucking episode of dynamite. So without further ado, let's get into dark. Um, first match was red velvet and, uh, Brandy Rhodes. Now I was actually kind of excited about this because Brandy Rhodes, like her growth from where she started, uh, she wasn't really a wrestler. If you guys think about it, she was just, you know, Cody Rhodes' wife will come down, do the little spots here and there, maybe spear somebody, uh, maybe hit somebody with some water or do something crazy. And now she's full-blown wrestling tag team uh, with Allie uh, doing her singles run thing, hitting some pretty cool stunners, some pretty cool moves. So the growth with Brandy Rhodes has been actually awesome. Um, but she, uh, you know, Red Velvet actually had a really cool DDT in there, you know, Anna J coming like halfway into this match just to like, you know how some people come to like at the top of the ramp to distract the, uh, you know, the person that they're feuding with. I think that's what she was kind of going for, but it didn't really work because uh, Brandy actually ended up um, kind of showing off for Anna J, uh, hitting that rear naked choke, uh, you know, getting in a win on Red Velvet, which if you've been watching Dark as much as... Uh, you know, the rest of us, you know that when it's a main talent person versus an enhancement talent person, they're not going to (laughs) lose. So uh, we knew Brandy Rose was going over here. It wasn't in doubt whatsoever, but it was still a cool match uh, nonetheless. Uh, Then we move on to the Butcher and the Blade versus uh, Daniel Garcia and Kevin Blackwood. Now, these two guys looked incredibly small in comparison to the butcher and the blade. So this was just kind of a beatdown. I mean, they were getting worked. Uh, the butcher and the blade just really, uh, <laughs> really sticking it to them. Eddie Kingston is with them, uh, you know, kind of walking around the ring, talking smack, uh, you know, doing his Yonkers thing. Uh, and we pretty much get the full death for the win. Uh, it was actually pretty short, short, sweet. And, um, what it needed to be, you know, padding their record a little bit is, uh, I think, what they're going for here. Um, the next match, I was actually fucking pumped for this. It was Penelope Ford versus Danny Jordan. Danny Jordan 
has put in the work. I mean, she looks incredible. She really does. Um, I like when she does the big Stalin German suplexes and stuff like that. This match, she didn't really get a whole lot of offense. You know, uh, Penelope Ford kind of uh, needed a little bit more of a, a showcase to, you know, put her a little bit more relevant at the top, especially with you know, Thunder Rosa coming over and Hikaru Shida putting on amazing matches, Ivelisse and Diamante doing their thing. You kind of had to make Penelope Ford look good here. Um, it was a little bit sloppy here and there. Uh, I don't know if it's if it's Penelope, if it's Danny Jordan this time, but there's just some hiccups here and there. Um, but they, they recovered. You know, you had that gut buster from Penelope Ford. Uh, the shotgun drop kick into the fisherman suplex for the win. Uh, all in all, it was it was it did what it needed to do. Um, I just think we need to move away from these dark matches that are just enhancement matches. No storyline, nothing really comes out of them uh, at all. <laughs> so uh, let's get on to the next one, which is basically what it was. Uh, it was Brian Cage versus Megabyte Ronnie. Uh, now this guy actually got a big boost on Twitter here. Uh, so he's a competitive eater. Uh, he's actually, uh, I think retired, um, military guy. I forget what branch they said. Um, but you know, definitely all respects to that aspect. Uh, so competitive eater and that's kind of his gimmick, you know, the megabyte. So he pulls a hot dog in the middle of this match out of a fanny pack and takes a bite and then gets kicked in the face <laughs> and the hot dog goes everywhere it's just tossed all over the place um brian cage hitting that drill claw for the win brian cage is a monster uh hitting that 619 being that big was pretty fucking dope uh the drill claw man it was kind of not sloppy it was kind of stiff it looked like hit fucked megabyte ronnie up um so uh, another enhancement match <laughs> down the drain. Um, and then we get Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr., uh, the new Hollywood Blondes, but they can't call them that because I'm sure they got trademarked by something or someone uh, <laughs> versus Proud and Powerful. Now, Brian Pillman Jr. and Santana, man, they actually they started fucking each other up, man. It looked real stiff. It looked like some receipts were given a lot of trash talk in the beginning of this match. Uh, you know, Griff Garrison taking a little bit of offense, but, um, man, there was a huge chop from Santana to Griff Garrison. I mean, it just echoed in that fucking, uh, uh, in Daly's place. It was, it was pretty stiff, man. It was awesome. Uh, this match was actually pretty good, but um, it looked kind of like more Santana and Ortiz playing with their food. Uh, you know, you get that power bomb with the knee strike uh, to Brian Pillman Jr. for the win. Uh, Santana and Ortiz kind of, you know, like I said, padding that record. Uh, so the, like, parking lot brawl, street fight, uh, you know, because there's another match on here. It's just best friends and another group of enhancement talent. So padding those records so when they go against each other on dynamite in that parking lot uh brawl street fight you know their records are a little bit or it's like to show their i don't know that they're serious about this match coming up that it's going to be vicious this is a blood feud and they're just wrecking people just until they get to each other 
it's it's kind of cool. It builds the storyline. Um, but anyways, next match was Jesse Sorensen versus Will Hobbs. Like I said, I'd be talking about Will Hobbs a lot uh, during this podcast. So big fucking clothesline. Big spine buster. Using that Oklahoma stampede for his finisher. Will Hobbs is a monster. I'm really, really excited that he has got a contract with AEW. The shit's going to be dope. I see a bright future, especially where he's going. We'll get towards that, um, uh, towards the end of Dynamite. Don't worry. Uh, but like I said, Oklahoma Stampede for the win. Good good patting his record is what it really is. Uh, getting some wins up there for Will Hobbs. Uh, next match uh, was Rache Chanel and Skylar Moore versus Diamante and Eva Lise. I don't know. I mean, Diamante and Eva Lise looked like they were hitting their shit in, especially Diamante. She looked awesome. Uh, Rache Chanel, man, she's gotta, she's, she's gotta put in the work. She's gotta get better. Uh, Skylar Moore was halfway decent, but this match was kind of all over the fucking place. Uh, you know, you had that backstabber to that rolling kick to the face for the win. Um, is nothing to write home about, that's for sure. <laughs> it was, it just wasn't, I quickly skimmed through this one. Uh, well, I watched it live first, and then I had to go back to do notes, quickly skimmed it. It wasn't, it wasn't great the second time. <laughs> um, so, next match, Colt Cabana, boom, boom, Colt Cabana versus uh qt marshall with uh ally and colt cabana has like the entire dark order besides Brody lee uh kind of getting coached by all of them during this match actually there's a lot of times where Stu grayson is basically like you're not fucking doing it right get the shit in he's in the turnbuckle laying the strikes uh you know colt cabana's kind of cheating here and there kind of getting vicious doing some heel stuff uh that slow dark order burn is finally kicking in Maybe you will get Doom Doom Colt Cabana. Colt, like as in C-U-L-T, and not Colt. Like cult, because you know the Dark Order's a cult kind of thing. Really bad joke. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know why QT lost here. Colt Cabana really hasn't had that good of a record, but he's using that, that Brody Lee, like, discus clothesline, um, you know, picking up a win here. Good for Colt Cabana, bad for QT Marshall. And uh, we'll get to a little bit of more QT Marshall stuff uh, later. <laughs> um, but next match, I was super pumped for this. Once I saw this was coming up on Dark this week, I thought this was the big storyline on Dark that we've been waiting for. And it was Peter Avalon versus the dragon, Brandon Cutler. That's his name. I'm giving it to him because the fucking mask he wore was so dope. It was a big dragon mask. He's got that cool, uh, you know, D&D style cloak thing that he has with the big dragon like uh, collar. He uh, he puts the stripes on his face. You don't see those until after he takes off the mask, of course. Uh, his freaking gear actually had flame like dragons shooting flames. You know, everybody knows he's in the Dungeons & Dragons and stuff like that. I think this is his best looking gear. Uh, I think he should stick with this. I think it should just be color variations of this. Keep the mask. That mask is dope as fuck. I mean, it really does play into his character finally. Um, so I really like this match. 
I thought finally we're going to get to see who is the biggest loser in AEW. And it was a double count out. So maybe this will be a big uh, payoff like at a pay-per-view or like the anniversary episode of Dynamite or, you know, something to where this match is actually put on a pedestal where it is because the fans are there for it. Let's just cut right down to it. Twitter wants this to be a great match between the two, really show what these guys, uh, because they put in the work. They've been losing, what, I think Peter Avalon is like, what, 27-0 and now? Brandon Cutler, 26-0. and <laughs> So one of these guys has to pull off a win to just show that uh, at least one of them's got the juice, you know, got the sauce or whatever the kids are saying these days. Um, but, yeah, it, it would just be really cool if they could uh, pull it out and, and pick up this win. So I don't know. I, I they got to have like a, a fucking like tables match or something to where there's a big payoff to this bloody, you know, just throw it all out there. All out is already passed. So you can't put it on that pay-per-view, um, which is probably not the best idea. Uh, so dark order, Three and four in Evil Uno and Stu Grayson versus the Gun Club in Private Party. I don't know when they became friends, but they're uh, in this tag match together. It was kind of fun. I'll give I'll give them that. It was kind of fun. You know, I like Austin Gun. I like that quick draw is what they're calling it. It's that hip toss into uh, like a cutter. It's 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 really cool. I've never seen it before. So. I really, really like his finisher. I like Austin Gunn. uh, Yeah, Private Party. I almost said Proud and Powerful. Uh, Have been getting way better. I don't know if you guys listened to the Matt Hardy uh, interview. I I think it was on Unrestricted. Maybe maybe it was on Chris Van Vliet or Jericho. (laughs) One of those three podcasts. He talked about how the things that he instilled in Private Party is that they can do all the flash all they want. But if they don't look like they can actually kick some fucking ass, then there's no reason for them to be out there. So they've been getting more stiff. And not stiff like as in trying to hurt people, but just looking like their punches are hurting, like their moves are hurting, their kicks are hurting, like things that, you know, pro wrestling is supposed to make us make believe. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I really enjoyed this. I I really did. Uh, it, It was fun. But I... I enjoyed the fact that Private Party are coming into their own. But we had the fatality on uh, Austin Gunn for the win. Sorry, Austin Gunn, you uh, took the <laughs> took the win there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it really wasn't, wasn't a bad match whatsoever. Uh, then um, that was it. That was dark, actually, this week. So... Dark this week, like I said, was pretty long. It was like an hour and a half long, something like that. Um, so I, I think it's time to get right into the official homework of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the homework of the week. Uh, homework for me is actually going to be a best friends versus uh, Santana and Ortiz for uh, nothing. It's just a beyond wrestling match. Um, you'll understand why I picked this match uh, later. I'm sure you guys have watched Dynamite. That's where we're going next. But that's the homework for the week. Now, remember, guys, 
like I said, all you have to do is give me the list. Uh, you don't have to include this episode. You can if you want. But if you give me the list of every single homework episode on all these podcasts, all you have to do is uh, start from the beginning. Not every podcast has a homework segment. It Actually, homework came a little bit later. Um, some episodes have two. So if you give me the list, I have it written down right here. You will get a 100% Elite t-shirt. Um, I'll show you what they look like on the next episode. Um, but yeah, so 100% Elite t-shirt. Uh, so I'll need, you know, name, address, all that stuff. I'll ship it to you. But if you can give me all the homework segments, that's what you're going to get. So that's the contest uh, for those of you, you know, listening. <laughs> uh, without further ado, let's get into this fucking awesome episode of Dynamite. This episode was killer it was absolutely awesome some of these matches should have been on the pay-per-view some of these matches uh blew most of the pay-per-view out of the water um so the start of dynamite actually has the young bucks coming out super kicking a ref walking backstage and was like you want to find us tony khan here's a fucking wad of cash because we're the young bucks and we don't give a shit anymore i'm loving this fucking version of the young bucks back to uh kind of Kind of like the Bullet Club version where they were just super kicking the fuck out of everybody. Uh, they didn't give a shit. Um, we'll get into how Kenny's doing on the whole elite side in a little bit. Uh, but this was cool. Great way to start off Dynamite. Um, and then we get into this match. It was Jurassic Express versus FTR. FTR putting the fucking boots to Jungle Boy. Beat the fuck out of Jungle Boy for like half this match. Really cutting the ring like they're supposed to be. Uh, you know, these guys are tag team specialists, just like the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks, but in a different way. They take the rules and they fucking, I mean, they drive those things right into you. Uh, the, the way that they tag in and out constantly, you know, like I said, cutting off the ring in half. This is old school, but they put that new school flair on it, giving us the, the, the little flair stuff. Kind of playing into the way that Jurassic Express works. You know, Jungle Boy with his little bit of high-flying stuff. But it looked like Jungle Boy was taking a lot of the offense. You know, the big man Luchasaurus coming in, hitting that big fucking choke slam. Um, uh, FTR comes back and, and gets a roll-up and cheats. Uh, they're holding on to the ropes. Uh, I think you had even Tully Blanchard helping him out, but... Um, you know, blocking the ref from seeing what was going on. So now they're cheating to win. Yeah, they're dicks. <laughs> Not for real. They're actually really fucking good. This match was awesome. Um, hats off to these guys. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, next segment, we had Matt Hardy laid out. Uh, somebody hit him in the leg. And, you know, private parties standing like, we don't know what happened. What's going on? And in walks Jericho, you know, kind of laughing and pointing. Has his bat in his hand, obviously. Chris Jericho smacking uh, Matt Hardy, taking him out uh, before the private party match tonight, uh, trying to secure him a win. Um, so we'll see how that pans out for him in a little bit. Uh, the next uh, segment, you know, we had Kenny Omega coming out to do commentary on this next match because the next match was pretty fucking dope. And... It was Hangman Adam Page versus Frankie Kazarian uh, for no title. <laughs> that's not what that's not what it was. Um, this was a, 
a really fucking great match. I mean, it really made you believe that Frankie Kazarian was actually going to win this thing for like half of the fucking match. Even somewhat towards the end, he was still getting in great offense. But I got a lot of notes on this because Kenny Omega was going full fucking heel on commentary, basically saying, you know, Kenny Omega, you know, uh, well, we'll talk like in the third, you know, Kenny Omega is not going to help Bangman Adam Page. Uh, he's on his own now. He doesn't have me to tag in and, and get a little rest. You know how hot it is out there now. And now he's wearing pants. So he's extra, uh, you know, exhausted. I don't know where that logic comes from. Um, <laughs> uh, this match was actually really good. Kazarian was taking it to him, like I said. And the huge chops from both of these guys, they were pretty fucking snug. They weren't like stiff to where you thought they were hurting each other. Obviously, these guys are probably really good friends. So, but they were snug as fuck. Like this shit looked legit. Um, you know, the the this this thing that Hangman does, where he doesn't look like a big like muscular guy, but he's catching Frankie Gazarian midair and Samoa dropping him from behind, like or throwing him behind him. The shit was. The shit is bananas. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it was very 50-50. Back and forth. Uh, you know, Hangman getting that big fucking clothesline after they tried to clothesline each other for like five or six times in a row. It was it was pretty intense. Uh, I, I do got to say that. But he had another spot where he caught him mid like springboard and powerbombed him. And this was towards the end. Uh he only got a two count on this. You know, Frankie Kazarian got some pretty good fucking offense in this too. He does that little thing where, you know, somebody's hanging on the like the mid ropes and he jumps from the turnbuckle and, you know, hits a leg drop. Uh, that was pretty cool. He he does that thing where he pulls on the ropes, pulls somebody in, they springboard up and gives them a nice cutter. Um, I love seeing those spots. Frankie Kazarian is actually one of the most underrated singles uh competitor when he's in singles matches that dude fucking works his ass off he really does he looks the part uh he looks a lot better with hair now <laughs> i gotta say that keep the fucking hair frankie kazarian um but to me this match was awesome this was very very like if it wasn't for uh you know uh, another match on this card or this week uh, this would have been the big contender for match of the week. This this match was really fucking good. Um, that fucking standing shooting star press that uh, Hangman Adam Page does is still impressive. I mean, it just looks great. It looks awesome. Um, you know that he had a pop over DDT. Kazarian did that looked fucking sick uh, and unprettier. He hit that fucking unprettier out of nowhere. I don't know if they're still calling that the unprettier or if they can because of WWE or it was Christian's finisher. You know, he goes underneath and drops back. It, it It's a pretty cool fucking move. Uh, still not taking out hangman. And, you know, Kenny Omega starts laughing like, Oh, I thought he was almost going to lose there. And, and Excalibur is like, what do you, what do you want him to lose? Like, what do you, what are you getting at here? And he's like, no, he just doesn't have me to, you know, uh, bail him out anymore so it's kind of funny to see him actually do this stuff on his own so i mean kenny really laying it on thick uh on commentary for sure uh but hangman adam page hitting that buckshot getting the fucking win and looking for kenny omega 
But as soon as, you know, you hear the one, two, three, and he's kind of droggy, he's getting up. Kenny's gone. Kenny left. He's like, oh, well, that's it. Uh, I'm getting out of here. But like, I don't want to fucking talk to this guy. And, you know, somebody tossing uh, him a beer, not Kenny, hangman a beer. Uh, and it was really fucking ice cold. Uh, you know, I had the froth on it. I think it was a Miller Lite is what it kind of looked like. But he starts chugging this beer, you know, the the good old hangman's back beer drinking from the crowd. Um, like I said, this was a great match. Uh, the next segment was fucking great. MJF. Well, there's there's one spot that wasn't great. So MJF and Wardlow come out. He's having a match versus the captain, Sean Dean, a guy that I'm really hyped on. I think this guy deserves a spot in all elite wrestling. He's done the enhancement work. Uh, another guy is Lee Johnson, which he is wrestling uh, Ben Carter next week on dark. Who's the enhancement guy in that match? Like who's going over there? I hope it's Lee Johnson, but that Ben Carter guy really impressed like a lot of people. So it might be Ben Carter. I don't know yet, but we'll, we'll see. Um, the captain Sean Dean gets, um, poked in the eye and, uh, you know, MJF puts on the salt of the earth, uh, which is like an arm bar type of move. And seven seconds into the match, he's tapping out and, uh, you get this tweet from <laughs> Sean Dean, seven seconds. Uh, he says it in a couple different languages and then he goes seven seven he goes uh silver reynolds do you guys have any more kool-aid uh or any of that kool-aid or whatever he says exactly but i mean we don't have a seven in the dark order and you know not to bring this up but they don't have any black guys in the dark order either it just seems like a white cult <laughs> so uh you know a little divi- diversity would be nice in the dark order and that would also get my boy, the captain, Sean Dean, a spot on all elite wrestling's roster. So I'm all for it. Dark order. Uh, the captain better get some purple and black gear. That's all I got to say. So, cause he, he, I mean, he definitely upped his game with the gear recently. Uh, I just, I'm really impressed with this guy. He, he's got a great set of moves. He does all the little stuff in between the moves, you know, the salute, like this, you know, while he's about to DDT somebody, um, he's just got charisma. I can't wait to see like what kind of promos he can cut, um, what kind of storylines he can really pull off. Um, so I, I'm excited for it. I, I hope this gives him uh, an opportunity. But after this match, uh, MJF starts cutting one hell of a fucking promo. I mean, when does Maxwell Jacob Freeman not cut a great promo but this he's kind of laying into the fact that you know he still didn't really technically lose and uh you know dictator john is still uh he cheated to win so he's still undefeated he's uh, the un un something he a lot of uns and a lot of you know champions and blah 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 it was a great promo go back and listen to it um but he talks about how he's normally a lone wolf. And I'm thinking, you got fucking Wardlow with you everywhere you fucking go. How are you a lone wolf? Uh, but he said it's time for him to maybe join a pack. Uh, and if he doesn't, or if he goes, if he stays, uh, just know that he is 
better than you and you know it. I don't know why that was so weird that I did that, but uh, <laughs> this was a great promo. He does a little flare, a little walk, a little bit of flare as he's walking out. So, um, so here's my suggestion. Uh, actually, a buddy of mine kind of said it to me, kind of put it in my ear uh, the last time he was over. MJF with FTR and Sean Spears, that's the new Four Horsemen. That's a fucking killer team. That's insane. I didn't really think about it until, um, you know, Cody got hurt and they started holding up three fingers. So I'm thinking, oh, that hurt finger is Cody Rhodes because he's out right now. So there's only three of them. So I was thinking Sean Spears, FTR, and Cody Rhodes. Uh, But now, fuck, it could be FTR, Cody, and MJF, even though they have, have bad blood could be Cody and Spears and FTR. I don't know. It's it's one of the things that I'm really excited about. Um, that and the fact that Kenny Omega is becoming a super asshole. <laughs> I can't wait for him to just start, you know, laying in them V-triggers out of nowhere, hitting the one-wing angel on everybody, going up the list, hopefully giving that man a fucking piece of gold around his waist again. Uh, maybe the TNT Championship. Uh, that would be that would be a cool one for Kenny Omega to have. It really would. Um, so the next segment was uh, it was Taz, and he was breaking down uh, Ricky Stark's like move set, the Rochambeau, the spear, uh, really getting into how Ricky Stark, you know, how he pulls these moves off. You know, I love when Taz does this. A really cool segment. Um, after that, we had Eddie Kingston's promo with uh, the Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Bros saying that, you know, these guys are a family, a family of mayhem, violence. I think it was violence. Um, and that they, they got the Lucha house in order. They got, uh, you know, a couple things on the docket list, you know, that he knows the rules and he knows that we know the rules and that he actually never lost in that battle royale. And he also said, we need to get your house in order. And he was talking to the Blade, uh, obviously hinting at the fact that Allie is with uh, QT Marshall. QT Marshall's going to die. Uh, the Blade will fuck that dude up, especially over Allie. It's going to be nuts. Uh, I, I hope they have a really good one-on-one feud. Uh, QT Marshall actually has been doing incredible lately. He's been looking great. Uh, I call it the dad bod style is, uh, God, why did I squeak the dad bod style? I think he's like, uh, you know, a specialist of the dad bod style. He does these crazy, like, it's like, this is the best I can do. And he like half ass does a senton off the top ropes or it's just cool. I like his style. Uh, next match private party. Oh my God, is that private party? Anyways, uh, versus uh, Chris Jericho, Le Champion, the Demo God, uh, and the Big Hurt, uh, Jake Hager, which I haven't liked uh, liked a lot of Jake Hager's matches recently or so far. I mean, the one with Dustin was pretty good. Uh, the one with John Moxley sucked. Um, 
But some of the tag stuff he's done with Chris Jericho has been fucking good. This match was good. Uh, you know, he you had kind of JR sucking the dude off in the beginning, basically going over all of his like high school football stats and stuff like that, like JR normally does. Um, but Private Party, like I said, getting more aggressive, and they're really showing it in this match. Uh, you had actually Kurt Angle giving props on this match, talking about how Chris Jericho has to be one of the top five greatest to ever do it. Um, I mean, because he's the age that he is, still going at the level that he's going. And, you know, he's saying that he really envies him and that he wishes, you know, he could be in that type of spot still doing it. Um, So, like the rest of us who are all elite wrestling fans, dude, hat off to Chris Jericho. The dude is still firing. He's firing on all cylinders. Um, The Judas Effect, man. Hitting fucking Cassidy with that uh, Judas effect was pretty killer, man. I like that he ends his matches with that. Um, It gives a little bit more realism. Uh, I mean, I like the code breaker. I don't know. Can he call it the code breaker? Or, yeah, I think he owns that. I think they've called it code breaker. Whatever it's called. Yeah, it's code breaker. What am I talking about? Um I like that that finisher too, and, and and I like the Lion Tamer better than the Walls of Jericho, which there's a slight difference. the The Walls of Jericho I always thought was like the more of Boston Crab version, and the Lion Tamer is the one where he like fucking folds the dude onto his neck to where he's like just like kneeling right on his head. It's what he did to Cody in that uh, full gear match where he just kind of kneels right on his head and then started kicking the shit out of him right before MJF threw in the towel um, and then kicked him in the balls. Uh, but, dude, Hager hitting Cassidy with the bat. This match was way better than I thought it was going to be, honestly. I thought, you know, Private Barty, Party uh, is a little more flashier than Chris Jericho and Hager are, so I didn't know if the styles were going to clash too much. Uh, but they really kind of pulled it off. Uh, I really, I really liked it. Uh, but yeah, beating down Cassidy after the match, after that, uh, Judas effect for the win, um, you know, Lion Tamer, the next match, we got to get into this match because Eva Lease versus Thunder Rosa, there was actually some big, uh, some big things, uh, going on backstage. So I guess they had some words maybe before the match started, uh, I don't know what about, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of context. So Eva Lise, uh, had lost her house recently, has been kind of in the dumps about a lot of things. Um, so I, I hope they don't hold it against her. I'm sure she was just frustrated with life and stuff like that. But the shots that you guys were seeing in this match, a lot of them were stiff. They were real. Thunder Rosa in the picture in picture, you could tell Eva Lise either not selling moves or actually smacking the fuck out of her, which the match looked incredible. It looked as real as real can get. It looked really good, really believable, uh, really snug. And that's because it was real and believable. They were knocking the shit out of each other. A lot of the moves, they were laying it in real hard. A lot of receipts back and forth. Uh, you can literally go into all the details um, on pretty much every news outlet, but 
uh, yeah, trading real shots, and it was a hell of a fucking match, man. Huge drop kicks that looked like taking the wind out of them. I mean, there's a couple spots in this match where Eva Lise looks like she's really trying to choke out Thunder Rosa, and the the, the reason why this is actually a really bad thing that Eva Lise was doing, because what if she did, you know, accidentally pin this girl on live television? Well, I think it's taped, so. They could have just scrubbed it and redid the whole match and put somebody else in there. But if she would have pinned Thunder Rosa on like a final cut, she's the NWA women's champion. She can't be losing to some dynamite girl. That's not that's not how that works. You have to kind of pay respects to their uh, their company. You know, you can't just you can't do. I don't know. I hope they. I have a little bit of leniency on her. I can see her being frustrated, but she's had problems like this before in other companies. So this could be a strike two scenario, maybe even a strike three. I don't know how many times she's done this kind of thing, but she's known to get in fights backstage, not sell people's moves, uh, think she's better than everybody else. Um, but we all like Eva Lise. We all want her to thrive in AEW, obviously. Um, but that Death Valley driver looked fucking vicious. Uh, Thunder Rosa just really putting it to her. And then that Tombstone pile driver for the win. Uh, like I said, this match was great. I really liked it. I liked how real it was. I was looking. Go watch Aubrey Edwards' face on a lot of this stuff. Because her reactions are priceless. Uh, she's just great. Uh <laughs> She's really like, oh shit, this is getting real. <laughs> uh, and if for the people who don't know, Thunder Rosa is an MMA fighter, like a real badass. I don't know what Eva Lise was thinking. You don't want to fuck with that girl. Um, but yeah, then we moved on to, oh fuck, Sheeta came out and saved the day. I forgot about that. They started uh, Diamante rolled in, started beating down uh, Thunder Rosa and. Hikaru Shida came in, saved the day, uh, knocked them both out of the ring, got the title out of Eva Lisa's hands, uh, gave it back to Thunder Rosa, like, here, here's your belt. Um, you know, you you deserve this thing, kind of walked out, like, respect. And so now there's a match for next week, and it's uh, Hikaru Shida, Thunder Rosa versus Eva Lisa and Diamante. Now, I don't know if that's going to change, though. It might change completely because of what happened uh so we might see a different match hopefully it's still thunder rosa and Sheeta versus somebody else um but i say suck it up let's see let's see how stiff they can get in this next one um but yeah so next segment was uh kip sabian cutting a little promo talking about uh miro basically and how great he is and uh and how things are going to be better that when he then he's here i don't know i wasn't really paying attention penelope ford was standing right in the back so i was kind of focused uh you know miro got up and said uh you know the bachelor party is gonna be great he wants to fight somebody in the ring but they gotta focus on the bachelor party and i was like penelope ford penelope ford penelope ford <laughs> uh all in all it was a pretty good promo it really was nice little segment um then you had jake the snake and lance archer coming out here uh cutting a little promo basically saying taz you know we were 
kind of back and forth enemies at one point in time, but we need your help. We got this six man tag and the two partners we want for this are your dudes. So Taz comes out, starts cutting a promo, talking his dudes up, uh, you know, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, how they have a vendetta with Mox. Um, and, you know, really laying it in thick, Mox interrupts, comes down, uh, and Ricky Starks and Brian Cage attack John Moxley and start giving him the boots, man. And the last person I thought to come help John Moxley, I thought Darby Allen, I thought any of the normal like guys that hang around Moxley or have been in this like storyline whatsoever. No, it's fucking Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs, they're putting him right at the top in the main storyline with fucking Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Lance Archer, John Moxley. So he saves the day with a chair, starts uh, laying into Brian Cage, laying into Ricky Starks, uh, basically saves a fucking day. Then John Moxley cuts one hell of a little promo and looks into the camera like Darby Allen. I know you're at home watching. Uh, get your ass to fucking Daily Place because we have a six man tag uh, coming up next week. Maybe it's next week. Um, and <laughs> we're going to war. So this is awesome. So it's going to be Darby Allen, Will Hobbs, uh, Will Power, um, and John Moxley versus Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, uh, you know, absolute Ricky Starks, and the Murder Hawk, uh, Lance Archer. So this is going to be a great match. Really good six-man tag. I hope they give them a lot of time. To, for everybody to work. I can't wait to see Will Hobbs versus a lot of these guys. I think Will Hobbs actually faced Lance Archer at one point on Dark. Um, I think so. Well, I have to go back into my notes and look. But I think he has. I think there's a Will Hobbs, Lance Archer early on when the pandemic hit kind of thing. But, dude, these wrestlers, like, not thank God that this happened, but the scenario that they're getting, they're getting, they wouldn't have got contracts if it wasn't for this pandemic. Um, so, you know, obviously COVID sucks. We all know that, but for these independent wrestlers right now, getting the shots that they are to be on the main stage and, and to really get, I mean, most of these guys are getting contracts after out of this. I mean, who knows if they would have ever got contracts anywhere else or been seen or been talked about like the way that they are on Twitter. Um, it, it's really cool. It really does make like, you know, we can see the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow because once they get out of this pandemic, once we're able to go back to normal life and they have shows and they're touring again, those guys are still under contract. Those guys still have a new life. Um, and it probably can renegotiate once the, you know, the company's back up and ticket sales are going and people are, you know, bringing, you know, ass in the seats. Uh, yeah, selling fucking tickets, man. Uh, so I, I'm really excited. I hope the captain, Sean Dean, is next. Let's just hope. Let's just hope. Um, but yeah, this, this, uh, Darby, get your ass to Daly's place was how that ended. Um, this last match, let me fucking tell you what. I had probably 
the lowest expectations going into this match. I'm thinking best friends, Santana and Ortiz. We've seen this before, obviously. My homework uh, for this week was Santana and Ortiz uh, versus the best friends at Beyond Wrestling. Fun match. It's definitely fun. It's funny. Uh, but this match was fun in a totally different kind of way. This was hard fucking hitting. This was best friends versus Santana and Ortiz in a parking lot brawl street fight. They had the fucking cars all set up. The lights were shining. Uh, a truck had a bunch of like doors and plywood and uh, like they're not two by fours because two by fours are way too thick. They were like real thin pieces of cut up plywood. Maybe it was plywood. Maybe it was like trimming. Who knows? Um, bunch of other stuff. I mean, let's just get under here. Ortiz under the hood, uh, Chuck Senton on top of the hood, and then a sit-out Senton from uh, from Trent. Did I say Chuck first, then Trent? Yeah. Anyways, you know. You know what happened. Uh, <laughs> it was just pure fucking mayhem. It really was. Everything was going on everywhere. Uh, you had Ortiz... Um, you know, slamming Chuck into that fucking car, a nice suplex. Uh, people were beating the shit out of each other with random stuff, getting thrown into garbage cans, um, power bombed into the top of cars, power bombed into the glass of the cars, uh, getting DDT'd into the glass of cars. Um, there was baseball bats. There was a spear through this fucking door. Uh, I think it was Trent spearing Ortiz through this door. Um, there was a bike rack that uh, Chuck suplexed Ortiz on. Uh, tons of fucking blood. And, you know, Santana had Chucky just fucking up against that car. And he was about to swing for the fences with this big-ass fucking lead pipe. And uh, who pops out of a trunk of a random fucking car in this brawl? But Mr. Orange Cassidy with something around his hand and he hits Santana with that orange punch and we see it's a fucking metal chain uh you know really laying out Santana uh Chuck gets up gets on top of one of the cars uh you had Trent with Ortiz up on top of the truck and uh Trent hits Santana with a pile driver onto the hood of the car and um Trent hits that uh I forget what is his finisher's called basically it's like a fucking pile driver from behind uh, right onto his knees right through a piece of plywood in the back of that truck bed for you know just sat there pinned him one two three this thing was fucking amazing this was one of my favorite matches i've seen on dynamite this was awesome it was fun there was funny spots um pure mayhem blood everywhere cool fucking spots the glass shattering. I love when people go through glass or tacks or fucking tables. Any any of that stuff, I'm down for it. I love garbage wrestling. Um, and then after you had Sue picking up the best friends. Uh, and they're about to drive away. And she fucking <laughs> flips flips off Santana and Ortiz. I don't know why. Like you guys can see over there. Um, so it, it, was, it was really fucking cool. Really... It was just fun, man. I really, at the end of this, was is it brought back that excitement that you get from watching a pro wrestling match where you really, really don't know the outcome and you really don't know uh, how 
how the fuck they're doing this. Oh, and just so you guys know, Tony Khan talked about this match. He said this was one fucking take. One take. They did this smooth as butter, just went out there, professionals, and got this shit done. Um, so, you know, that just kind of sums sums up what Dynamite was. Um, and we had... Um, Shit, let's get right into it. The official match of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, the match of the week for me was this fucking match. Uh, I didn't know how to segue from just talking about the match into the match of the week, but this was it. This parking lot brawl street fight was amazing. You had Mick Foley praising this match. You had... Basically saying it was the best street fight ever. Uh, you had Jr. saying he this is the biggest privilege he's ever had of calling a match. He, I think a street fight match, not the biggest match he's ever called. But uh, he said that's you know that's big props for me. All over Twitter, this I mean this thing just fucking went off the the hinges. This was really great. Uh, this should have been on the fucking pay per view. This would have saved that pay per view. Um, I don't know. This was great for, for me. Um, but yeah, that was dynamite. That was the, um, match of the week, ladies and gentlemen, man, I got this thing done in like under a fucking hour. This thing, I fucking roasted right through this. Uh, but that's not why you guys are here. Uh, so you guys can find me on Twitter at 100 Elite Pod. Um, go check out the official YouTube page, which you're probably watching this on now. Uh, 100% Elite Podcast on YouTube. Um, and yeah, you can find Zach Preston at Freshly Squeezed, Orange Zachity. Um, you can find my personal Twitter page at jinglert88. Um, and then you can find my buddy Edge, whose music will be playing at the end of the podcast uh, version of this. Um, at yeah, his Twitter is Edge underscore four nineteen. Um, his Twitch is Edge four nineteen. You can find him on YouTube. Um, the dude's dope. Hit him up. Give him some. Uh, give him some love. Uh, but I think that does it for us, guys. Uh, we will uh, we will actually see you on the next one. MCs, so you Later. can call me Legion, but we are many. You are one, we have plenty. You have some, you're taking this so serious, but I'm only doing this for fun. You're walking backwards while I run, met without, cause you're out done. Open my mouth as I erupt, regretting what you just begun. You're never stopping me, you're never stopping this. You never saw me coming, but you must acknowledge this. So I'll just bring the heat and leave them powerless to try to step to me, so maybe you should crawl a bit.